Well, hello everybody and welcome to our series on the life of David. This is the first week. I'm calling the series A Man After God's Heart and this first talk in the series will show why that is the case. Uh, but let's pray that God will speak to us first. We thank you, Lord God our Father, that David was a man after your heart. Thank you that there is so much for us to learn from his life in the scriptures. And we pray, send your Holy Spirit on us now as we listen to your word. Speak to each one of us individually and please work on our hearts that they may become more and more pleasing to you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to read the first part of the story of David. It's 1 Samuel chapter 16. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. The Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then made Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending for the sheep, tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. This is the word of the Lord. So it's the theme of the whole series that David is a man after God's heart. And it is definitely the theme for today, that the Lord looks on the heart. Verse 7 of our chapter, uh, people do not look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now we know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. You might remember the old sweets, Revels, which all look the same on the outside, but they had a wide variety of fillings. Or there's a disgusting variety of those in the Harry Potter books, Bertie Bott's Every, Every Flavour Beans, and you don't know whether you're getting toffee inside it or earwax. Uh, we know that celebrity culture is obsessed with image, what things look like on the outside. But God says it's the heart that counts. And the first film I took Juliet to see was Roxanne, based on Cyrano de Bergerac, 
where the central character is not a good looking fellow, he has a big nose, but he has a very good heart. And there was I going bald and blind in my mid twenties. Uh, and as we came out from the film, Juliet said, well, it's what's on the inside that counts. And I thought maybe I've got a chance. So I've always loved the character of David. It's his heart is what counts more than anything else. And God's verdict on David in later years is that he was a man after God's heart. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 14 and verse 8 uh, says to a later king, You've not been like my servant David, who kept my commands and followed me with all his heart. Or 1 Kings 15.3, uh, This king, his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his forefather had been. Or if you're taking notes, Acts 13.22 says much the same thing. Despite the fact that David got some things disastrously wrong, including the episode with Bathsheba, and we'll come to that in a few weeks' time, God's verdict on him later was that his heart was good before God. So what does God see when he looks at my heart? What does he see when he looks at your heart? Well, to help us think about that a little more, I want to look at the three characters involved here. Saul, the king who's been rejected, Samuel, who is doing the anointing, and David, the teenager probably, anointed to be king. Verse 1 of 1 Samuel 16. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Why has God rejected Saul? Because he didn't obey God's commands. He thought better himself. So if you turn back a couple of chapters, 1 Samuel 13 and verse 13 and 14, uh, we read this. You've done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You've not kept the commandment the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you've not kept the Lord's command. Samuel had dis Saul had disobeyed God uh, several times and therefore God rejected him. You get it again in chapter 15 uh, where Samuel comes to see Saul and finds Saul has uh, built a monument to himself, 1 Samuel 15, 12, uh, uh, but he has only partially obeyed God's instructions. And Samuel says, this, 1 Samuel 15, verse 22. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. To heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, the Lord has rejected you as king. Saul had only partially obeyed God's commandments, they seemed a bit silly to him. Uh, he thought he knew better, so he only half obeyed, and God rejected him. God is looking for people who love him, trust him, and obey him. When something doesn't make sense, people who'll assume that God knows best, people who'll care more for what God thinks about them than what others think about them. Uh, what about Samuel then? We're here at the start of our reading. Uh, God tells Samuel to go uh, and anoint one of the sons of Jesse of Bethlehem. In verse 2, Samuel says, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he'll kill me. 
but the Lord says, go and make a sacrifice. And though it is very risky for Samuel to be anointing someone else as king after Saul has gone off the rails, Samuel obeys God. Now we first meet Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3 as a boy. I don't know how old he was, maybe six or seven. Uh, you can read the story there if you don't know it. How as a young boy, he learns to hear the voice of the Lord and says, speak Lord, your servant is listening. And God gave him an instruction, a difficult one, and he obeyed it. And he's been obeying the Lord's instructions ever since then. And now he's an older man. He knows and recognises the voice of the Lord very clearly by now. I love the way Jesus says in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me because they know me. If you're a new Christian, a lamb, you're learning to recognise the voice of the Lord. If you've walked with him for many years and are used to obeying his word, you've learnt to hear him through the scriptures, you've learnt to follow his nudges, then you know his voice better. Uh, and all of us are somewhere along that continuum. Those of you who are parents, teach your children from an early age to listen for the voice of the Lord by reading the scriptures, Bible stories every day are a good plan, and also by the chat and catch uh, that we teach our children to do in the children's groups, to talk to the Lord and to listen for what he's saying. And all of us need to get better at hearing God speak to us through the scriptures as well as in other ways. If you're not sure what he's saying, he will never contradict himself, he'll never contradict the scriptures, and uh, do check things out with others if you're not sure. But if God is telling you to do something, then obey it. And so we come to David. He's probably a teenager now, looking after the sheep while his older brothers get to go to the sacrifice. Uh, he's been overlooked. His dad and his brothers didn't think he could be relevant. Uh, and Samuel was sure when he saw the older ones that they were fitting. But God speaks to him time and again, this son is not the right one, that one's not the right one. Again, verse 7, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So what was it about David's heart that God saw and loved? Well, we'll see it revealed time and again in the weeks that follow. It's certainly not that he got everything right, but when he knew he'd got things wrong, as with Bathsheba, he repented and came back to the Lord. We'll see in the story of David and Goliath next time, his extraordinary faith and courage. Just a little appetite wetter, chapter 17, verse 34 and 35. David says to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. He certainly got plenty of courage and faith. We know he has a worshipping heart, all the Psalms he wrote. Uh, we don't ever read of David building a monument to himself as Saul did. In fact, we get the impression that David is more concerned with what God thinks about him than what anybody else thinks about him. A little like Mary when called to be the mother of Jesus. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Or I've always loved the story of Billy Graham when he first preached at Sandringham and the media asked him if he was nervous about preaching before the Queen of England and he said no. 
I preach in front of the King of Kings every week. That sense of being more concerned for what God thinks about you than what others think. So the Lord tells Samuel to anoint David and in verse 13 Samuel takes the horn of oil and anoints David in the presence of his brothers and from that day on the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Here is the key. If you want to be used by the Lord, it's having a heart for him and then being filled with his Holy Spirit. Now, of course, in the Old Testament, only a few people were filled with the Spirit. But now it's every Christian God gives his Spirit to. All of us are given gifts by God to be used in his service. Some get used a lot and some not so much. What's the difference? Well, I think it's probably in the heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything in your life flows from that. It's the heart God is looking for. But you might be thinking, well, I can't expect God to use me. I'm too, wait, fill in the blank yourself, I'm too young perhaps. But David was only a teenager, as was Mary and Jeremiah and Timothy, and indeed as was I as he called me to serve him. Uh, and you may need to be patient, as David had to be. Uh, you may be thinking, I'm too old, I'm past it. But Samuel here was old, Noah was old, Moses was old, Abraham was old. Age is no barrier to being used by the Lord. You may say, I'm too, uh, whatever you think, I'm too shy, uh, I'm too uneducated, or I'm too nerdy, or I'm too whatever it is. I've just been reading again the biography of my hero James Hudson Taylor who pioneered uh, inland mission to China. Uh, at the end of his life he was often described as a great man and he said no 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 I'm a small man with a great God. Or perhaps you're thinking but you don't know what I've done I've made too much of a mess. Well David made a terrible mess later in life. But his epitaph is that he was a man after God's own heart. And even if you have messed up, there is full forgiveness, like Peter messed up denying Jesus. There is full forgiveness. And if you are determined in your heart to put God first, he will use you more than you can possibly imagine. He is looking for people uh, whose hearts are fully devoted to him. I love, there's a verse in 2 Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 9. This is the last one we'll look at today. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. We're going to pray that God would purify our hearts and strengthen us and give us grace to be fully committed to him. So let's pray. Lord God, our Father, you see our heart. We're painfully aware of things that are wrong in our life, but we praise you that with you there is forgiveness. Put your finger, we pray, on any issues in our hearts that are taking too much space that should be given to you. Is there any hatred or bitterness, any offence or resentment, any unforgiveness that you need to deal with? Help us by your Spirit to deal with it, to empty our heart of those things that get in the way.
and give space for you to come and fill us with your spirit. Give us grace to purify our hearts and to be more concerned with what you think about us than what anybody else thinks. Give us grace to get better at hearing you speak to us supremely through the scriptures, but in the other ways you speak as well. And give us courage to obey when you speak. And we ask, Lord, for all of us, that you would make us more like David, whose heart was fully devoted to you. We pray this for ourselves individually, and we pray that if we're discussing this in our triplets or formations or small groups, you would shed further light and for each of us, show us the next step. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just if you are going to discuss this with others, uh, one or two questions you might like to ask are these. How do you develop a heart for God? And how can you help each other to grow in having a heart for God? Uh, they would be great questions. I hope you enjoyed discussing and I look forward to following David through with you over the summer.